th thank you for meeting with me. <sighs> you know, you did a great job representing me for that commercial, and uh, I I'm ready to get start doing something big. Hey, no problem, John. And, and listen, I, I know you're really excited to get into the into the into the fame game as it is, but uh, you, you do need to pace yourself a bit. I mean, you just did your first commercial, and it yeah. it wasn't exactly a starring role. And, and I'm I'm ready to hit my big break. I let me put it to you this way: I want to be famous. What do I got to do okay. to get there? Uh, listen, there's a lot of ways to be famous. Maybe uh, you'd be more uh, more at home with something on the on the cam girl circuit. Yeah, I don't know about that. I was thinking something. You know what's really big right now? Reality mm. TV. I want to be raw, live, unfiltered, no trainer, you know, no hair, no makeup. I want to be raw in front of the camera. John, I love your gumption. And I love the way you always say, can I have three when I offer you two? That is the makings of Star, and it's why I represent you as your agent. But uh, I do have a few questions that I got I to gotta field for you before we uh, sign off on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, are you comfortable debasing yourself on camera? Oh, absolutely. I I tripped on a banana peel on the way in. I handed my phone to some guy. I'm like, I'm gonna do this again. Can you can you catch this? Did you put uh, Did you put corny sound effects in the background? We I'm gonna put that. I want that in in post. And you know okay. what? I'll sign off on it. I'll sign off on any Scooby Doo shenanigans on that. Uh, I'll bring. That's good delegation of labor. I like that. I'll do as many takes as is necessary, even if it is absolutely the least authentic looking thing in the world even if you have to do it multiple times i to get it from different angles injure me you know harm me uh uh make me look like a like an idiot if you need me to be cool one episode and a dipshit the next i'll do it i just i want to be famous i am look listen you're, you're bringing it a lot you're bringing it a lot to the table john but i i gotta try to narrow my focus here because it's one thing if we're trying to get you onto a survivor another thing onto an apprentice and a third thing altogether on a great british bake-off i i can do it all and in all of them i'll have a a, a one no i'll form two love triangles with myself at the center uh interlocking interlocking interlacing one of them gets voted off i'll come in and vote off the other one i can backstab i can front stab i can front i can front to the camera can uh, you front flip i can i can i can do 20 percent of a front flip and eat shit on the camera <laughs> okay that's great uh i can lose any sort of immunity challenge i can go on a reward challenge and shill for whatever product placement you've hooked up i will how do, do you, anything <laughs> how, how do you feel about race uh, do you, do you want me to be a racist on TV or? No, 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 okay, I should have been more specific. How do you feel about racing? Oh, oh yeah, racing. <laughs> yeah, as long as the person I'm paired up with doesn't upstage me. You know what? Uh, I hate to tell you this, but I think you might be overqualified for reality TV. But I can fart on command. Hang on. Yeah. No, he says on command. Yeah, just. Like that. All right, we're going to have you as the uh, third contestant out on the newest Survivor, uh, Survivor Neptune. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs>
I would watch Survivor Neptune. You get your 15 minutes of fame, but the 15 minutes is delayed by however long it takes to, <laughs> you know, yeah, to get yeah. through the the atmosphere mm-hmm. out of space. <laughs> I assume we're done with the bit. Yeah, we are. Okay, cool. I'm yes ending after we play the theme song. This is not before I, the theme song yes ending. good aftercare for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Also, Survivor Neptune. No. Guys, write it down. Season, what, 85? What are we on <laughs> Jeff Probst's living head? Like, in a, in a crab <laughs> body? <laughs> <laughs> if only. I can't wait to talk about uh, Survivor right now yeah, and nothing this else. Is, <laughs> this is difficult, because you've given me an impossible task here. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is, which is, this is, the framework of our show is to talk about a cartoon, but you know, ahead of time, this will be your only chance to gab unchallenged yep. about a thing that i and most rational people hate right <laughs> welcome to the carton cast yep my name is ben my name is zane and we have the distinctive pleasure <laughs> of welcoming you onto the island for this uh yada 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 total drama island is what we're watching yeah so ben is gonna be on the uh you know uh podcast tribe and uh i'm gonna go ahead and be on the uh video video conference tribe Ooh, that's that's a that's a cutthroat tribe (laughs) are we doing zoom are we doing skype what's happening i'm sorry you guys are disqualified you were on mute the whole time shit (laughs) (laughs) did you at least catch my dog going through the background Um, yeah, Ben, it turns out not only is this a great opportunity to talk about Survivor, which I love and other people shouldn't, turns out I also like Total Drama Island a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got some difficult feelings about Total Drama Island, because it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a decent show that has pieces that I loathe, yeah. and I don't have the vocabulary to concisely pick it apart, so I'm hoping you can help out here. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope so as well, um... Because it's not flawless by any means, but, um, you know, I, I, I certainly enjoy it. it. It hits a lot of my lowbrow entertainment boxes. And honestly, these days, that's kind of all I have in me. Sure, sure. No, I, like, there's a market for it. Look, mm-hmm. I, I'm not immune to the charms of somebody who deserves to be dropped on their head, getting dropped <laughs> on their head. You know, I'm not made of stone. Um, but yeah, so this is Total Drama Island. Uh, Total Drama, uh, Total Drama Island was the first season of the uh, umbrella term Total Drama, which uh, ran from 2007 to April of this year, uh, 2023, with the spinoff Total Drama Rama, where they're babies. Now apparently, they're coming back with a new season, like in October. <laughs> These are all distinct shows. Like they, they don't, they don't. They they resemble each other because it's like the same team, but it's it's unique plots as I understand it. Unique gimmicks, which is even better Gimmick. because it aligns even more closely with how Survivor does things. That is that is true. Um, Zane, is, it's straight to my heart, every part of it. Yeah. So was this designed as what would eventually become kind? Of, so it, as I understand it, and I only got a few of the production notes. You can help fill them in. This kind of petered out and then got really pop or or no it it 
the creator tried to get a te- full 10 seasons yeah. and crapped out around somewhere around season six and then yep. COVID hit and people got really into Netflix and then they greenlit more seasons. It's actually exactly what happened with Survivor, except Survivor had more of like a run up because people didn't really care about Survivor going into the COVID years and then everybody's no. watching it again. They, they even kind of rebranded. They're like, hey guys, we're in our 40 plus seasons we're going to hit it hard and treat it like it's season one. And we're just throwing everything at the wall now. Survivor is so interesting as like a time capsule experiment for media because Mm -hmm. it's, it basically for those who don't know, and I wouldn't fault you if you didn't know, because survivors popularity was a very, it was very concentrated to like a five year period. (laughs) Right. And it spawned, Basically all of reality TV with, you know, quotation marks and asterisks and such. But um, Survivor is is no longer in the cultural umbrella, even. I'm looking at you saying uh, you've been left behind. I'm I'm looking at the Survivor Wikipedia page and you're absolutely correct because it lists viewers in millions and audience. This might sound insane to you in 2000 when Survivor came out. Uh, the finale was viewed by over 50 million people. Uh, and and, and season, how, how many people are viewing the most recent season of Survivor? Uh, so so the first season, it says viewers in millions. I guess this is like an average, uh, 28 million. The most recent season uh, that we have numbers for, that's about seven and a half million. And honestly, okay. it was, it's been a pretty gradual decline, like... It's still a huge TV, but it's become much more niche just because that's the nature of media in uh, the modern era. But during the the prime years, the golden years of reality television, Survivor was king. Yeah, no, it was uh, uncontested king. That's Jeff, why they call it a king and not a president. Jeff Probst kept winning best reality show host, and then they were just like, we can't give this to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> make as many other things as we can it's like when they give uh john oliver best like late night comedy guy or or like we get it he's very funny and cute okay <laughs> enough but like, but like you watch Jeff move on Probst. to serious acting john oliver let's go so, so as somebody who's watched most of survivor i gotta give i gotta give prop i gotta give probes to the man god damn it <laughs> he's really good at his job you can't really see anybody else do that well and that that as I understand it, was the basic conceit of Total Drama Island. Yes. Was cartoonify the contestants and also Jeff Probst, only for them to find that they did not have to do that much work on Jeff Probst. He is <laughs> mostly a cartoon character out of the box. <laughs> he has catchphrases that, like, in interviews, he's like, yeah, I really thought this this one through, but uh, my catchphrase for this new season is, you gotta dig deep. So you're gonna hear that a bunch. And, like, it took a long time to come up with, like, that's the right one. <laughs> I'm Jesus. like, this is, this is his life. <laughs> this is what he does. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. But, yeah, so, for those who... St- by some metric, don't know what Survivor is, you get Well, I people... just explained how much of a flash in the pan it was, Zane. Like, it's you... not impossible for people not to know what Survivor is. I, I understand somebody not knowing what Big Brother is, but because this one is so much more widely referenced, like, The Tribe Has Spoken is yeah. a much more enduring version of You're the Weakest Link. I, I don't I don't know if that uh, I don't know if you can f- if you future proof that idea because <laughs> you are the weakest link is something that I've seen in many places 
like I've seen I've seen it referenced in Family Guy, which mm-hmm. by no means is a Big Brother audience. I've seen it referenced in Doctor Who. Like the, there's a lot of like the the tale for Big Brother is going to be really really long. Well, you are and, the weakest link is from Weakest Link, the game show, but Yeah, where Big Brother no <laughs> hit you with a gigantic chain until the Wrong chain Big broke. Brother. Oh. <laughs> So that should give you all an idea of how little I care or know about yeah. reality TV. And well, I, don't, I usually is, don't. I think it's going I think this is going to look like a Big Brother or Weakest Link in another 10 years in. It's possible. Um, then again, it did spawn literally the entire reality TV renaissance. So maybe not. Maybe it'll end up being more like a Fist of the North Star for reality TV. Yeah. So the conceit of Survivor is you get like around 20 people, you split them up into two or three tribes. Every episode consists of about three real time days. And uh, you put them in challenges and uh, eventually they have to vote people off. And then at the end, people who you voted off have a say in who wins the million dollars. I got to moderate that statement one bit. They are not people. They are (laughs) archetypes. In in Total Drama Island, uh, the people have been replaced with archetypes. You can't really tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty. It's like it's on. It's like it's really there. So reality TV, of course, is not a hundred percent just a snapshot of how people are acting uh, and, and reacting to the real world. You are, of course, one putting them in uh, artificial situations, and two, you might need to ask them for a second take you are prompting them in confessionals like there's a lot of artifice that goes into making it feel real and there is uh, the thing that i've always liked about survivor is it's more real than most of the reality tv shows um just in terms of like they don't know the vote order right they don't know going in hey this person's gonna take a medical dive in in week two and now you have to adjust all of your challenges on the fly like there's a lot that can happen there, and I, I really, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy it. So in the adaptation to Total Drama, the two things that we need to look at, not only real life to animation, which was a huge jump, but scripted, uh, 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 reality-ish to scripted. Those are definitely, like, big changes, right? And, and like, the, cha- the change to cartoon from live action is something we've talked about many times, how you lose a lot in the shuffle, how... There's a buffering effect because you're watching not real people get into situations, but yeah. cartoon characters, and that allows you, you to like this, open the possibility space some more. Reality TV was a lot of people's first experience with parasocial relationships. Let, let me let me throw this at you, Zane. I found that it this worked on me in some ways, but the one big part that I had trouble with was in reality it, it, it in Survivor. The parasocial relationship works vaguely like this. They're on a TV set. You know they're on a TV set. But you, the audience, are buying into this fantasy. Like, it's it's kayfabe. You know it's staged. It, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that, like, you're being like, okay, let's assume this is real. Tell me a good soap opera. Sure. Like, give me a good story. Give me something I can really, you know, cut my teeth on. And Survivor did that pretty well. I find that when Total Drama Island mimics Survivor, that works. And then when it starts to just be a cartoon, it's 
stops working really fast. Interesting. I, so I found I, I'm I was looking for the kayfabe relationship, but I couldn't always give it the benefit of the doubt that this is nominally a real life version of what a cartoon survivor would be. Sure. Does does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it's understandable that like the it, it's like what we saw in um Star Trek uh, the animated series, right? There are parts of this format that are fine one-to-one translating into animation, and there are parts that, because you're animated, you can do a lot more wacky shit. Um, it's knowing when to do that and, um, you know, using it to accentuate your primary concept. That's that's really where it stands or falls. Here, here's what I want to... Here's something that I want to bring to mind. In Loop on the Third, which is just James Bond as a cartoon, but it has the additional top spin of what if james bond was more or less extremely silly most right. of the time now we talked about how watching the spectacle of a lupon works because it's a cartoon whereas mm-hmm. in james bond you couldn't really get away with that right it'd be too ridiculous it'd be too ridiculous so the property of lupon became kind of ridiculous and it yeah. started to match up really well mm-hmm. in total drama island I don't know if we fully kind of got to the we and we made it ridiculous part of that loop. I think we just like a lot of it is we've adapted it into a cartoon, but tonally we're still trying to be a survivor. I I, I don't know what the admixture needed to be, but yeah, it didn't so, quite mesh for me. Yeah, and it didn't help that like the the series. It's one of those shows that's a little slow to start out. It doesn't necessarily put its best foot forward. That's why I recommend you know you know watch a little bit of it. But um, oh, by the way. Mm. That is very well observed for Survivor. <laughs> because you have a bunch of, like, you know, You extras. know you're not—you you don't want to remember everyone's names. Some people irritate you right off the bat. Yep. But before we get too far into uh, the production overview, let me give uh, you a clear delineation of what you're talking about. So first season— Sure. 22 campers. There's a lot of dead weight. There's a lot of extraneous people. We need to— get rid of people um, just to kind of make the cast lean enough to work with, and then it starts getting interesting. Mm. Season four, only, f- you know, 14, 15 people, much leaner, all of them Definitely really strong personalities off the bat. Other okay. thing, much more cartoony, because they um, the campsite that they've been at has been irradiated with nuclear waste, and so in addition to the survivor and challenges of it all, now there's also, like, you know, mutant yetis and, like, laser, you know, laser bunnies and all that. So it's goofier, and they play it, like, because the characters that they have uh, um, made have become so much goofier as well. It matches as a cartoon, but it no longer is Survivor. It's very clearly no longer is Survivor. That's really interesting. I, I wonder if I would um, would have enjoyed that more or less, because there are times where this behaves like Survivor that I yeah. think are very funny or at least like well observed like there, there are times in which it's a good parody and, yeah. and, and homage which mm-hmm. is as i understand it how it was designed as a parody and homage of survivor yeah yeah so the... also can can we i i do want to just point out let's focus our discussion to the only thing that i watched which was the first season which is yes. total drama island how, how much if, of it did you watch uh, I'm I'm a little more than halfway through. Like yeah. this is a really easy background watch. It re- oh my god! If you thought the first season was easy background watch, 
Um, I do want Don't threaten me with a good time, sister. So yeah, let me finish out the production and I'll talk about briefly what the other seasons are about. But then, yeah, back to yeah. the main the main thing. Absolutely, which honestly, yeah. I, I, I've been watching through. I haven't really revisited the first season. I don't think I need to. I think I know everything that no, is going to come up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the show started in um, 2007 and it was uh, produced by Tom McGillis and Jennifer Perch. They ha- so this is a Canadian show, Teletoon, right? We mm-hmm. w- they made you know Teletoon responsible for Clone High. So if the model character models yep. look familiar, <laughs> yep, yep. And this is to Survivor as Clone High was to you know Dawson's Creek or whatever. That fat kid's nose screamed Dude. so loudly. This season, is Clone High season four. There's a character with an extremely prominent like tight butt, and I'm like, that's Abe. Abe's back. Yeah. <laughs> you you mean you mean JFK? Uh, who had the, I think they all had really tight butts. They were all, they were all toy, like a toy Zane. Sexy teens. Um, but yeah, so, so <laughs> previously, teens. uh, Tom McGillis and Jennifer Perch, they worked on, uh, 16, six with a numeral and they were looking for their next big show and they went, you know, they, they, um, they did an online research project and basically asked kids in their target demographic, you know, the tween age, what are you guys watching right now? And what do you generally hate about most tween shows that you watch and what were the 2006 yep. this was the height of reality tv they were watching survivor big brother fear factor all that stuff and the people on survivor in the real world were 25 year olds who all behaved like teenagers it's really weird because the first season of survivor has like quite a few like 50 and 60 year olds and, and they get realized, that shit out of there. <laughs> None of these people are going to fuck anymore. <laughs> we need the spice. Um, but yeah, so they 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 tried this out, and it was a pretty popular hit, and it got a number of sequel series until you know the decline, and then the revival. So the other series, uh, let me just uh, have this here. Okay, so season one, total drama island. We got our main crew, pretty much, you know pretty basic character tropes uh you know the the jock it's 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 more or less the same cast of clone high yeah but there's more of them i you ben you know i yeah. love an ensemble cast i i know you do but like it's just i do want to point out before you get too much farther how much it's required that everyone's an archetype because if you're starting off with 20 something characters zane i've watched more than half of the first season I still don't remember their names. Okay, well... <laughs> why Why would I? Well, you say that about a lot of people, though. But, like, all I need to know by these people, mm-hmm. and it's it's the same character models as Clone High, which you would not fault them for being textured. You, you can get everything you need from a character by, like, what is his archetype? Mm-hmm. And that works really well here. Dumb jock. Trendy geek. Ditsy blonde. Hate sink. Russian weightlifter. <laughs> And any woman and black woman in a cartoon. Right. Like, these yeah. are just these are archetypes that exist sans names. She was not we, we don't need the best. <laughs> no, no. But like for this specific type of venture, I think that actually works to its credit. Yeah. Like I can't imagine a well textured character in this. They would they would be at war with the surrounding media. This is not a good book where you have uh, two or three characters and they really develop as they interact through the plot and they become more textured. This is, I have a team, uh, I have like a superhero team and I'm watching, like Justice League Unlimited. I have a huge team. I'm watching them in squads of three at a time, right? Um, you have to. And and I'm not looking for char- deep characterization. I'm not looking for much in the way of character growth. I'm looking for squads that I haven't seen before t- 
telling each other what their character archetype is in the lens of whatever gimmick is happening this episode. Yeah, they're pretty gimmick heavy when ben, you get to the multiple dozens me. of it, it. It's something that really requires ensemble <laughs> casts because there's a difference between ensemble cast in a like in a um like a My Hero Academia mm-hmm. versus an ensemble cast in a Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, like the one dozen to two dozen threshold, like that completely changes how much you're allowed to like invest in any one person yeah and i think they realized that like the balance was off when they spent half the first episode just listing people and having them show (laughs) up on a boat it was such a a bad false start i'll be honest i actually enjoyed that because it was such a well-observed yeah this is (laughs) this is the way a reality tv show host behaves with any number of new people which is exactly in this exactly the same amount of excited it's it's was very funny to me every episode uh every first episode of a new season of survivor jeff probst it says like yeah uh you in the red shirt what's your name as if he hasn't done exhaustive research on these people yep no Um, it's very funny and that's the thing even when the show fails as a show it it tends to win as a parody because those awkward moments get amplified um yeah, the weaknesses of the different types of medium that this tries to be kind of cover the gaps and the fact nicely. that it's 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 more background show than active show. But um, when it, it they is learn a, their lesson. It, there are times when it's a cartoon, and there are times when it's a reality show parody, and then there are times that fall through the gaps of both. And at those points, I feel like it's really dragging. A lot of far humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the fourth season, like I said, they pare it down, and rather than have everybody arriving at the at the deck, he's like. All right, crew, you are being launched out of something onto the shore. Get to camp. Whoever gets there first gets the good bunk. And then as they are... And that's what they would do in the later seasons of Survivor. They they adapt. Um, And as they show up, he's like, hey, this... All right, uh, Scotty, the dirt farmer, you know, Lightning, the, you know, the all-star, you know, captain of the team or whatever. And like just little snippets of who they are because we will see who they are. They will exhibit it. You can't just list off their names as we've seen in Survivor, like, those first few episodes, I'm barely paying attention to in any given season because they're not there yet. You can't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's necessary, like, build-up for later release. Like, yeah. you have to be committed to the show in order for those episodes to even kind of get good ratings. For sure. Or for it to be, like, novelty, which I assume is how the first Survivor worked. They've gotten, the, the the editors of Survivor have gotten so good at the craft and the, like, hey, we know not everybody's going to watch this episode to episode, that, like, if somebody is watching this and you're passing by, it's kind of hard to look away. <laughs> like, that was the big draw it, of reality TV show. Yeah. Back when we didn't have yeah. all media on our fingertips. Like, you walk past and somebody's watching, you know, even some dumb shit you don't care about, and you're like... I guess I do want to know how they're going to make those croissants. Like, <laughs> well, and it's it's just there. There's like a there's a medium novelty to Survivor, mm. wherein the 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 camera work, the pacing of it, it doesn't behave like a Three's Company or Seinfeld. Like there there's not this isn't a Sopranos where each scene is crafted specifically to evoke these three things. The scenes are crafted because that's when the cameras were rolling and things were happening. Yeah, right. Like, it's just a very different 
admixture, which makes it like enticing to the passive viewer who's like, why, why are they focusing? Why, 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 why is the camera doing this thing? Why are we focusing on a jungle and somebody's walking in front of it and sneering? Like that, that's not a, <laughs> someone would have edited that out of, you know, right. any, any <laughs> regular show. Um, so uh, after the first season, um, which by the way, the winner of the first season, there were, they made, they, they swore everybody to secrecy, right? They did not NDAs. Um, and then they made two different finales, which like, I cannot imagine a less necessary hiding of the winner because there's no actual stakes in this. Cause like, wait, I'm sorry. Hang on. You're, you're going to have to work that one back to me. Versions of the finale, one with each of the two different potential winners and aired them in different markets. For what reason? I couldn't follow. You're talking about Total Drama Island, not Survivor? No, Survivor, that would be weird. No, I'm talking about Total Drama again. <laughs> for for Survivor, it would be exactly as weird as it is in Total Drama Island. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Um, okay, but anyway, go on. Um, so, season two, uh, basically, oh no, we couldn't actually decide on a winner because of some hijinks. So you crew have to go do this new thing where... Follow me here. They're in like Hollywood or something. And now they are doing like each episode is a different genre of film. And they do challenges based on that. Okay. It's called Total Drama Action. The next season, there's like a little bit of a time skip. And they do Total Drama World Tour. Follow me. They are traveling throughout the world doing gimmicky challenges in each location. And every episode's a musical. Yeah, this isn't Survivor anymore, Zane. Nope, but then then season four, they're back to Survivor, and that's why it did better. And then uh, more Survivor. Did it actually do better? Uh, Seasons one and four kind of held up as the tentpole seasons of the show. Um, There was an all-star season, which, like, that's exactly what Survivor did, like, way too early in its run. (laughs) Yep. Um, Sure did. There was a spinoff called... Heroes and Villains. There's a spinoff called The Redonkulous Race. Uh, which like wasn't that a movie? That is the Rat Race. That's uh with that sleepy guy. I'm playing a Rat Race again. Okay. Yeah. So like they they basically took as we said the cartoon aspect and the Survivor aspect and have just like squeezed as much out of both as they could as needed. I like the meta joke of they didn't know where to go once Survivor wrapped up. And so they just did a bunch of gimmicky shit, and yeah. then eventually were like, "Wait, we should just do Survivor again." Yeah, <laughs> which which is more or less exactly what Survivor did. Like, they, <laughs> like like you were talking about, like they sort of um, they just like rapid prototyped into what was the most consistent formula for yeah. a Survivor. Yeah, you watch those like middle, you know, like late teens seasons, and they start being like. Well, what if we have a reward challenge where the the winner, the winning team, gets a medallion of power that makes them almost guaranteed to win the immunity challenge? Oh, that ruined all aspects of drama. Okay, let's ditch that and try something else. Yeah. yeah. What if the people we uh, voted uh, off didn't get voted off? No, bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think that there were some good things that came out of that rapid prototyping but it like so for instance individual immunities yeah that's that's a great idea 
Um, and it and it allows you to put drama into dramaless situations. Yeah. When that's oh, on the what table? if they have an, an immunity idol and we can't vote them out after all? They do that in later seasons of this as well, and it's they do the exact I'm same sh- thing where like they have an idol and they f- make a fake one that somebody else thinks is real. That's so funny. They're just stealing. Because <laughs> like that's that's the best part of the actual Survivor was yeah. making the fake idol to trick people. It's the mind games of it. I love it. Yeah, but you recognize that on the altar of getting that individual immunity idol and putting that into the formula, you had to sacrifice multiple seasons of bullshit. Because it wasn't obvious what would work. Because they were doing stuff for exactly. the first time. It's a new medium. Um, yeah, so it's it's just really interesting um, to see how Survivor has evolved over the years. But like you say, now they're very consistent. They still put well, in Survivor some is, but total drama... You're you're dealing with a whole new ball game because it's not just Survivor; it's also cartoon. Yes, and so you're going to have to do all that rapid prototyping all over again, right? Because you don't know what will work, so you you end up with like. So if early on in the first season, you do get like pretty standard. Hey, you fucked up the challenge. We're voting you out. Hey, you're a rampant misogynist. We don't need that energy. <laughs> Um, yep <laughs> you know stuff hey you're clearly the worst person in the world we have to keep you in it's it's absolutely for necessary. the ratings yeah yeah well i mean so that too many thoughts at once she gets a great redemption arc in season three i i don't care <laughs> <laughs> and you know how they found a worse shit lord oh nice um the devil we know kind of thing but uh what wait happened? it's the same characters in season three Season one, two, and three all have the same core cast, um, but here's what they do: they have some sort of shenanigan at the end of the previous season where they get a little mixed up. So only the characters that they think will be good in this format go forward. So they're like, okay, we can cut the you know the twins, we can cut this weird guy. Oh Jesus, yes, cut the twins as fast as possible. But then like you get hot guy Justin, who's just kind of like a face in the first season. Season two, they bring him back and he like stays a lot longer than he did originally. And he's like, oh, he's a bit of a schemer in addition to being very vain. The the weird homeschool kid in the third season, they bring him back. He gets voted off early again, quickly. But because their uh, camp, quote unquote, is in the cargo, like it's in a plane, he hangs out in the cargo hole and hold and hides and eats rats and becomes Gollum and they sacrifice him to the volcano. Zane, you have now crossed the threshold of losing my respect. <laughs> and just in so, in so doing, you this may is the now. the first time. Everyone take note. <laughs> you may now say whatever nonsense you had queued up and I will just allow it. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't I don't I didn't take any notes because it's all just off the, <laughs> off the dome. <laughs> they yeah, that, people, that's insane. Even in the first season, uh, the, uh, about halfway through, they're like, oh, shit, we have to fill 25 episodes. We only have 22 contestants and we're voting somebody off every time. Let's bring two characters back. And it's like, OK, guys, we're bringing back fan favorite, uh, you know, this person. And they're like, OK, yeah, they were interesting. They got voted off. Maybe not the best way. Let's let's give them another chance. And this person. And they're like, we all hated that person. And they're like, we yeah, but the producers kind of liked her. So we're going to give her another <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, they're the very naked, like, um, I love it. <laughs> tipping of the scales on the part of the uh you know the powers that be is is a joke that continuously works on me mm-hmm. and i honestly wish they did it more the ongoing derangement of the probes look life uh uh chris mcclain is a really great like 
through line in this show because first he's by season, far my favorite character he's amazing so he is just a jeff probe stand-in to start right he introduces people he you know gives them a chance to speak he you know says something pithy at the end and then you know he starts to sprinkle in like yeah the producers wanted this so we're doing it just like putting it out there on the page in later seasons and like not even that far like season two he'll have them hold a vote reveal how everybody voted and then say but guys, just kidding. This was a reward challenge, not in an immunity. Y'all get to go back to your cabin and, you know, yell at each other now because it looks good on TV. Huh. That's that's a decision. And eventually he'll just start, like, trying to get them killed. He's like, okay, guys, the taste challenge is go into this poison gas mine with these backpacks. I need to do a demolition or the EPA is going to be on my ass. They have bombs in the backpacks. If you guys get out, that's fine. But, like... You don't need yeah, to survive. So, yeah, there, there's there's an element of <laughs> the implied lethality of the cartoon format that I don't feel like is very additive. Yeah. But in regards to allowing the Jeff Probst character to look like an incredible sociopath <laughs> is actually pretty fun. If they did it in the first season, I wouldn't have liked it. The fact that they did it as I would have lost interest elsewhere... It worked on me, man. The gimmick. That, that's well. Just like Survivor. I, I maintain, when the core conceit is going down, bring in the gimmicks. <laughs> I maintain that the best version of Survivor would be one wherein Jeff Probst never showed up to immunity and then slowly <laughs> assassinated the cast of Survivor over that's the entire basically season. basically what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's gone native. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, uh, the Chris McLean, you know, he is uh, controlling their destiny. He's basically... He feels much less of like, hey, I'm this guy on the island. I'm running the show, but also I am trying to get the best performance out of these participants. I'm trying to understand them and get them to show themselves on TV. And it's much more of like, I I want to do these kids harm. Yes. And also, I want them to debase themselves uh, for me for ratings. But really, this is a vanity project. <laughs> no, it, it's pretty clear that he's doing it for himself. Mm. Like, and I think that the, it, he's my favorite, favorite character, if only because it just shows how when you pull back the veneer of Survivor, a real life version of a person in Jeff Probst's position yeah. who is constantly <laughs> pitting people against each other, you can't help but become kind of a monster. It's like you do that long prison enough. experiment. <laughs> yes, it is. It, it's, it's exactly the Stanford prison experiment with reality show participants. It's double blind. He doesn't even know what's happening. <laughs> it's not double blind, though, because like all the prisoners know that they're signing up to be fucking prisoners. Well, because they, they might get a, a hundred thousand or a million dollars, which, of course, they never do. It's, it's all prisoner. smoke and mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a secondary character, if you can mm-hmm. call it that. Sure. Uh, the the the. A longtime friend of the Jeff Probst, who I don't even remember his name, something McLean, Shane the Main Brain McLean, was that it? Who? Um, but it was a uh, chef. Oh yeah, yeah. So Chris McLean is the Jeff Probst. Yeah, chef. Chris is, McLean. Yes. Chef is, uh, you know, his 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 secondhand man. Um, this like really like clearly a veteran or someone who has seen some shit who is now just doing like Chris's menial work. They have a great dynamic. They have a very good dynamic because it's, like, just a jocular friendship. Like, it's very uncomplicated, which, <laughs> given where they are, is is actually very fun to me. It gets but, more um, complicated, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't doubt that. For, when, when the ratings go down, Zane, when we yeah, need more I gimmicks. Mean, 
that is absolutely what happens well like at one point so in the second season uh chef you know he he sees uh dj as like a like a protege and he starts training him to cook some of the food so he can relax more uh and he like helps him win like that's the kind of nonsense they get up to as as the show goes fascinating like like a like a contestant bribing the camera crew or some shit they also and i couldn't get this out of my head there's a really weird in the fourth season the first half of the season chris uh, uh, chef doesn't talk ever okay and i was like oh they lost the voice actor and they're doing some weird thing and then just one episode he's back delivering his lines i don't know what happened (laughs) that's weird (laughs) it was really weird yeah i i i don't i don't know what to make of that i don't think i would enjoy watching additional seasons of this as its own standalone thing i guess the enjoyment of it comes down to which parts are you going to enjoy the reality show parody Mm-hmm. or the cartoon or both or neither like what and how does that actual did you find much to talk much to think about in terms of the ratio that they brought in uh you know it all it all kind of worked for me like i thought that at first that like okay that ratio it might dip you know as far as 20 percent 80 percent but it's usually on average 50. And then as the show just went on and became a cartoon, I, I didn't actually mind it as much as I thought I was going to. I did mind it. And it was one specific episode wherein I found that that was my problem. Please Which tell was me. the gross out contest. Oh, was that the... Um... The gross brunch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did not like that one either. No, Even of course that you is didn't. A, that is a thing that happens in Survivor. <laughs> but not to that degree. No, they they do they do a lot of gross gross at humor, and it largely doesn't work for me. The yeah. exception is the uh, massive amounts of vomit that they do in this show, and just like show the vomit streams. I that don't works. like that. Why does that work on you? I'm curious. When they do in like a talent show, and somebody messes up, and they vomit, and then other people vomit, and then everybody vomits, and then like Chris McClain yeah, like vomits. That's like a Goonies reference. It's almost. like the Aristocrats. It's it's like. I don't know, it just worked, because, like, okay, yeah, they're doing fart humor, every show does that, and, like, no, they're showing, like, chunks, and, like, I don't know, it was, like, it got got me with the audacity of it. I guess it it is kind of a similar thing as the, um, the Team America World Police vomit scene. Yeah, Like, where you're just, like, how how long are they gonna make this a thing? Um, But that was a lot more visceral, and, like, it it played with the medium better. This I just found like it was um there's always going to be an element of is this a crutch? When sure. I when I see the gross out humor in Ren and Stimpy, I thought it was actually to a purpose and yes. so I actually didn't mind it as much as I minded it here. Like mm-hmm. this it really did feel like a crutch most of the time. Yeah. Anytime Owen farts. Yeah. I I didn't like Owen and he always stuck around a long time. Um, he had a good voice actor. I think that's more or less yeah he's clearly <laughs> he one of the there. one of the ten pole characters uh of this yeah. um so let, let me let me dive into the tone a little bit here yeah does this resemble a good reality show i guess does this resemble survivor is kind of my first thought so it's it's interesting the way that it, it you might think that the way that it resembles survivor is in the big things right like you know, we're having two tribes, we're going to merge eventually, we're voting somebody off. And those are there, but it's not like, in in Survivor, the tribal council vote off is like a fourth of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a huge chunk of yeah. the drama. 
No, they 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 streamline it, which they should. That's a good decision. Yeah, because we already know what's like. They narrow it down to two. They they yep. give them marshmallows of who's safe. So it's like okay, it's between these two. Because usually in an episode, we only really have enough attention span for one interaction consisting of two yep. or three people. So you're always exactly. like, oh, you know what? I don't know which of these two is going to go home. So, like, that's well adapted. Yes. The way that it actually succeeds as a parody is in all of the small things that, like, if you've been watching Survivor a long time, you know their their rhythms, right? You know that, like oh, this character feels on top of the world in their alliance, and oh, no, now the merge is happening. Or, like, yep. you know, th- uh, uh, this person is going to set up a dramatic scene between these two and plead ignorance. Oh, they did it, you know, exactly. Um, or, or, like, there's a dramatic scene that plays out between these two, and then it cuts to one of them doing a confessional in the in the outhouse. The being like, I'm going to fuck them up so bad. And then it cuts <laughs> back to the scene where they, in fact, fuck them up so bad. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, the confessionals I loved. I think that that is such a well integrated part of this show, and it merged the like, yes, we're a, a TV show for tweens, and it's in a gross outhouse, and also it's like on the kids' version of Survivor, which is a camp, yeah. and also like, uh, you know, the confessional aspect and the yeah, it's hitting that trifecta really nicely. Like the the, it, it's using both parts of the medium together, which is uh is always appreciated yeah and giving the extra context uh kind of thing and like the the thing that they do in survivor which is like that real like augmented reality tv that we mentioned where you see somebody doing something like mm-hmm. they're competing in a challenge or they're you know they're making fun of somebody and then we cut to that uh confessional where they say like yeah this is gonna happen and then we resume there's no time in that first action when they could have gone off to a confessional. It had to have taken place after. Yes. And they had to act as if it hadn't already completed. <laughs> yes. And I exactly. think that's hilarious. And they do it here all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Like that that is that is a funny aspect of Survivor, and the only thing they need to do to make it a joke in Total Drama Island is just shine a spotlight on it. Yes. Like no additional work required. This comes pre-assembled as a cartoon, almost 90%. <laughs> But then the stuff that they know wouldn't adapt well, we're like in Survivor, okay, we are having a challenge where people are climbing over a rope bridge or, you know, something like that. Here they're doing dodgeball because, like, it's a kid's show and I understand dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. Or or they're doing a, um, they're doing like a classic sitcom, How Long Can You Stay Awake? Also something done in Clone High, by yeah. the way. <laughs> which Which affords you the opportunity not to consider it as actual torture that people use on other people yeah but like as like a opportunity to see weirdos hallucinating and yeah. being even more like weirdos yeah yeah and like when the humor is derived from like character driven interactions you know between a couple of different characters where it's like oh harold uh been you know a sheltered you know nerdy kid sees lashana and is like i've never seen anybody like you before and she's like oh is this a race thing and he's like no you're you're big and he's and she's like oh is this a is this a fat thing and it's like no he's enamored of you like great character driven interaction that comes, that comes full circle by the end and i was very happy with it <laughs> they're so cute yeah um and she just like sauntering back from the dock being like mm-hmm i know <laughs> i fucking know but when you have characters um, just stating their archetype 
for the purpose of a joke, then it tends to fall a lot flatter. As it does with most cartoons. Like, there are lessons that this takes from Survivor that wouldn't work because it's a cartoon. And then there's lessons that it should take from cartoons, but it doesn't put into practice because it's doing kind of its own thing. I yeah. think this 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 show could probably have learned a couple more lessons at uh, in in terms of like how to make character interactions feel. I don't know. That there there's something missing. There's something missing in the how do we have these characters bounce off of each other in yeah. a way that doesn't feel forced but still feels true to their archetypes. And I think they found a, a way in the episode where they all have to confront their fears. That one's decent. Because, and, and that one does the Lupin thing of, we want a James Bond, but we want it to be ridiculous. Yes. That we want a survivor. But like, what if we just had like skydiving and burying someone in sand with only an hour's worth of air? Like, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Right, but it goes beyond their character archetypes because they have a conversation where they're like, what are you most afraid of? And you hear something that could be derived from their character where, like, the guy who plays guitar at a party is afraid of a mime. I get it. Okay, it's a little off-kilter. Like, you have to take a couple steps. It's not obvious. And so when we see him confront a mime later and he gets freaked out, that worked on me, especially because now he can't, like, help the buried-alive girlfriend, uh, you know, deal with that. Yeah. No, that, like... The ridiculous, and they manage to pull it off because it's a cartoon, that stuff usually will work on me mm-hmm. in a way that, like, look, I don't know what the uh, what the waivers are like in signing up for Survivor, but, like, there's just so much a possibility of bodily harm from the things that Chris McClain puts them through that, like... I feel like when they lean into, this is not a thing that a person would be allowed to do on TV, mm-hmm. even if they signed a waiver. That all that is that is all pretty good in, for me. In the first episode, they they show you what it's going to be, where they're like, "Okay, guys, first task: jump from this absurdly high cliff into shark infested waters." Yeah, what? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Are you sure, man? Um, oh man, the delivery on the Jeff character, where he's like, "No, no, of course you don't have to do it. You do have to wear this chicken hat when you're walking down the escalator of shame." Or it's, it's, it's like very deadpan, that's very a good, cute that's a delivery. Good impression. Yeah, they. Do yeah, a, thank um, you. I've listened to a lot of them. They do like a lo- the loser dock or the loser boat in the second yeah. season. It's the limousine in the. <laughs> <laughs> In the fourth season, they just get in a catapult, like... <laughs> yeah, Zane, you know, this is the problem that I had with this show, is that I didn't want to like it, because I couldn't rate <laughs> it any higher than, yeah, this is a parody of Survivor. <laughs> I guess that's enough for me, and I, yeah. I guess I'm just kind of embarrassed that that's enough for me. I'm amazed that I didn't go in expecting to really like this show, because I just assumed... It can't just be that. <laughs> is there any amount of you coming into this in kind of like, like when it when it spoofs Survivor in an unkind way? Do you find uh, do you find friction there? No, nobody can spoof Survivor worse than it did itself when it separated tribes by race. <laughs> um. <laughs> true, very true. Well, well, for did ratings? they actually do? I I didn't I didn't show up for that one. They did. They did. It is boys versus poorly. girls is kind of fair game. Um, yeah, by race is is. How how bad were their ratings the previous season where they're like, yeah. no, 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 we got to get to the bottom of the gimmick barrel. And they were like, well, you know, a, a lot of the people who apply are white. We wanted more diversity. And people were like, can't you just have a more diverse cast without separating them? Oh, you know what? We I guess we could have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could have easily done that. Yeah. This was a smash hit. 
hundreds, thousands of people apply every year. Definitely across multiple. It, it, yeah, it's kind of like they were. You you can you can kind of they they were kind of trying to argue against affirmative action almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what? Wait, what is this? What you want? <laughs> no. <laughs> it also so um you know some of the advantages and disadvantages of the large cast and the cartoony nature and the loose rules um do kind of make themselves apparent when you're comparing them side by side with the original series like um one the cast is too big and they're all archetypes so those early episodes kind of slow i don't know what's going on i hate a lot of these characters um and then in the later seasons it's like these characters all have baggage i've seen them interacting with each other already um but then you have stuff where like in survivor every season you're gonna have three or four weeks in a row where you know the the boot order you know who's gonna go home next because like yeah they'll try to trick you in the edit and be like oh we're considering shaking things up but like it it works out so rarely to shake things up that like okay yeah a person who's fifth from the you know uh, in our alliance of five the person who's you know the fifth lead uh, most liked is going next and then the fourth and then the third <laughs> like yeah th- this that don't this... happen here <laughs> yeah what, what do you what do you mean like you can just decide oh this episode we're voting out two people or oh this person wasn't voted out but they were arrested by the mounties uh oh or... <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like we can just kind of shake things or or you can do something where like hey guys uh even though everybody voted for this person uh, we want to keep them in because they're good for the drama. We're going to arbitrarily cut this other person on some, you know, made up grounds. Like they can do that because they can control it in a way Survivor that's, can't. That's true. I actually find it could be confining in the opposite direction, though. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you have a Survivor that is a cartoon, then you're not bound to keep around the people who succeeded at the challenges. Correct. But you are bound by the constraints of drama itself. So unless, I mean, I guess at that point it's in the job of, it's in the hands of the writers. How do you get the people who are most dramatic and most good for the TV to stick around in a way that feels natural? And that, that I guess is just a writer challenge. It doesn't always feel natural. You can tell when they are putting their thumb on the scale and they're like, Hey, even though this team had every like reason that it should have won, through a technicality, it's this one because we want to keep this person around longer. Like they do it constantly. For them to put that on Front Street is 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 a welcome change of pace. Yeah, but it allows us to you know get to uh, you know a very interesting final five where it's like these guys are all very textured and they've had a lot of interactions and I could see the the alliances shake up in a number of ways. It's like the best of Survivor where I don't know what's going to happen next, and that makes every episode and every segment in an episode really pop. Speaking of the segments in an episode, I I do want to point something out, because I was thinking about Clone High a lot with this. They look similar. It's another parody show. Um, I have a lot of fondness for Clone High. So when I was thinking about Clone High and the parts that I disliked, they were all kind of related to the B-plot stuff. and. B plot doesn't happen in this, <laughs> right? And then I was, and then I was realizing 
by doing it as a reality show, you're kind of bucking the trend of the standard cartoon sitcom format wherein you have an A and B plot, mm-hmm. Phineas and Ferb style, maybe even C plot if you got enough runtime. But like this is only A plot. And I think that that is probably necessary. Like, they, I don't know if yeah. later seasons they try to have B plots with like Chef in the Jungle or some shit. But like, I think that that's a really good decision um, in terms of... Hey, we're just if we're doing the survivor thing, let's just only do the things that survivor does. Like, let's uh-huh. not add a weird cosmological. This island is in danger because bullshit reasons. Apparently, right. according to you, later seasons did that. But I, I really like the focus. Even of then, this. Even when there's bullshit, they keep the focus on the A plot. And rather than B plots, there are just character expressions of the adversity. Right. So they're all dealing with the challenge either as individuals or in teams but there might be a neat character moment so for example in the in the fourth season they are doing like hey the challenge is to there's some bullshit but eventually they have to rescue somebody from a yeti uh Mm. and the yeti ended up at the top of a tall tower that you know some scaffolding and the you know they jump and the ladders arrange in such a way it's clearly a donkey kong like mario versus donkey kong setups and the gamer nerd contestant who has you know his whole team has been smashed or whatever he's the only one who can step up you know he gets this character moment where he just like zones into the matrix and like mario's up the ladders and like everybody's like like, this guy's killing it he does the um william tell overture nope Uh, (laughs) in in old school um will ferrell i don't know why i went with william i was like Especially i know it's because, not bill yeah the will the will ferrell character in uh old school like does that like he has to debate someone who's like a philosophy like professor or something yeah. on a thing and he just blacks out and then blabbers and then like falls asleep it's like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> yeah and like but the thing is it's not uh the the focus stays on the action because this is clearly the interesting thing going on. We can have a character expression in it, but it would be madness, especially in the context of reality TV, to cut away from that, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, of course you of course you zoom in on that. Um, in the talent show episode, where I think the same gamer nerd uh, ends up uh, being no, different, like- No, different character, completely different Different gamer season. nerd, I apologize. That's what I like uh, about the, the cast that's too big. They have a whole bunch of different types of nerds, and they all kind of- <laughs> Where he deer in the headlights on the talent show stage because they're the other contestants like totally fucked it up for his team and he has to hit this out of the park or else he's just going to like completely Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to be to blame and he will probably go home and he just like beatboxes (laughs) yeah and like no one's sure what to make of it but because I already liked the way the character looked and kind of his affect Mm -hmm. I was just it it does the same thing that the reality tv show thing does where like we have been taught that we should be on this guy's side and it's and it behaves like a cartoon where like we can we can set up and then have that ridiculous payoff that feeds right into our conception of like what we want to happen to this guy did you notice that that guy like sounds exactly like napoleon dynamite Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's almost almost exactly is Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yep, yeah, the weird weird breathy. <laughs> the gamer nerd in season 4 is just Seth Rogen. Nice. Physically, auditorially, emotionally, <laughs> Amazing. just Seth Rogen. <laughs> you mean Donkey Kong? DK. 
yeah. So you know, it it high highs, low lows, man. I don't know. Can I? Uh, it worked for me. Can I? Uh, because I we 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 need to stretch this out just a bit more. Uh, I want to talk about drawn together. Yeah, I I checked an episode of it and it was excruciating. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is it so bad? Is it because it's a mad world as opposed to Survivor, or is it like that they went too far in the cartoon direction? I actually think that probably it's not the cartoon thing that killed it, but the adult comedy bent of it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's not. There's nothing inherently wrong with the concept. Um, it's just that it was on Comedy Central, and this was aimed at tweens they did market yeah. research they had a successful yeah. property in the rearview mirror toward the same demographic and they're like how can we take the lessons that we've learned and analyze drawn together was just like yeah man we're comedy central we constantly green light and cancel like shows sometimes yeah. you make a south park usually you don't i guess it just surprises me because my conception of comedy central is like that's like a a big you know that's a big market and that's like yeah. an established market that like you kind of can't play with gunpowder that much. That's true. Absolutely not true. But like when I think about Teletune, I'm like, I don't know how shit handles over there. How much of, oh yeah, cartoon things do they just end up doing? <laughs> I guess right. maybe a lot. Um, but yeah, drawn together, me... very bad. Because who's it for? At that time, adults like the crank weren't watching yank. cartoons, really. Yeah, like the crank yankers crowd. Like, yeah, and they they hadn't yet figured out that they can have cartoons that aren't just... Drawn, drawn Together kind of feels like the natural extension of the Beavis and Butthead generation, where sure. like people are like, oh, how do we make cartoons for that generation? More of that, but fit them to the formula of not guys watching, not, not like guys being into MDV, but in like reality TV, and let's make it crueler and crasser. And they and hadn't yet figured out that there is a market for people watching good yeah. cartoons, like good good plot cartoon. Like like they hadn't yet realized how big a Rick and Morty market there would be. Sure, yeah, people were clamoring for something good. It just wasn't there. Another couple reasons in the context of of uh, total drama why drawn together was was bad. Uh, cast was too small. Right, it's eight people, and half of them are not like characters per se. Yeah, no, they're just um, they're. So yeah, you really nothing. had a very small pool of interactions to draw from. And then the other thing, no host, right? No, so Jeff. In total drama, whatever your character relationships, no matter who's on top this week, it can all come crumbling down because your power level is so far down from this puppet puppeteer mastermind. Drawn together, you're all just shitlords in a house. Well, and th- that is... Because that's the way the mad world worked, right? The mad yeah, real yeah. world or whatever. And there's so it, you know, that long tail. It ain't there anymore. People don't know mad world. That's true. I only vaguely recall it because of uh, a couple of jokes from stand-up comedians. Yeah. So um, let me t- let me talk about just like let me tell a, a couple other things about the animation. Hmm? So the character models are very angular yep. as befits archetypes. Looks kind of like Clone High. Uh, and it's also why I bounced off of this for so long. It, it looks yeah. cheap and generic. in a way that I don't think it isn't. Yeah, it's it's not generic, but it's designed to kind of look generic. 
Um, the way that the characters kind of got sold to me was actually the voice acting. Like, I think if this had a yeah. weaker voice acting, this would have completely failed on the, um, on the audio visual spectrum. Yeah. Even when they changed characters in different seasons, they kept a lot of the same voice cast. Yeah. Like I, uh, we want that Napoleon dynamite <laughs> breathy weirdo. <laughs> of course we do. We want the, uh, only voice actor for black women in cartoons. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, in Get her Canada. Back in here. Yep. Yeah, and, oh, that's true. That's probably others. Um, yeah, and uh, the character models, like it. I thought it was interesting that, like, because they're on an island and doing survivor stuff, sometimes they're in swimsuits, and it's clear when the character model did not consider that sometimes they wouldn't be wearing. Cl- Duncan, the the punk teen. Uh, yeah, he's got a real case of long body. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, he's a he's a he's an old like, Long Johnson. The character model, you're like, okay, baggy baggy shorts, right, really low. But then you have to draw him in like uh, uh, swim sh- swim trunks, and you're like, I, I guess the whole rest of that is torso. That's yeah, it just go go down for days. Um, <laughs> the part that I couldn't get away from was Joan of Arc, which is absolutely her name in this. Don't try to convince <laughs> me otherwise. Oh, uh, the goth one. The goth one, she Gwen. she's got that irritating like waist, and then the hips are like a different joint. Like she was Lin- constructed via Legos. Lindsay's got this the worst, where it's just like rather than a body shape, we just stuck a bell in here. W- was Lindsay is Lindsay the 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 dumb blonde? Okay, the 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 one that I, I was like, I'm just seeing another, I'm just seeing another clone. High, um, Heather is pretty much exactly cleopatra yeah. in terms of like character modeling and affect yep uh which is not a complaint i like the character concept there enough yeah yeah. and you need a villain i don't know how well i'm sold on the whole like you're supposed to kind of like everyone but you're supposed to hate exactly a single person <laughs> they 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 fix the balance up a little bit later they actually have a heroes versus villains um theme in the all-star version and you're like it's more selfish than evil um, right you know because there will be times where like i need to win but that requires sacrificing my team they do some nice emotional moments with it um but uh yeah in in general you need this sort of like mastermind who makes it this was another like small thing from survivor you always have this evil mastermind who everybody wants to get off but they can never do it they never win right they always get right close (laughs) Yeah, they, they always make it to, like, the top four, and then the show completely falls off. Because uh, the drama is gone. It's and just, sometimes... Oh, it's, it's just good people trying to trying to win money, huh? And sometimes your final two is just like, I don't like either of these people. <laughs> yeah, you barely made it. Survivor you, gets you away got with carried it because, the whole way. because of the numbers, right? A bad season is not diluting the pool that much. That's true. And they, they're, they're throwing away seasons to try to figure out not to race people <laughs> Not anymore. to race war. <laughs> Not to race war the whole fucking thing. Zane, you need to put a show note in about the the Survivor race war, because I think that I need to read about it, and it's the only way it's going to happen. Fair. Um, Did you you find anything to say about, like, the music? Because I only found one... The only thing that I wanted was something that they didn't give me, which was... um, The classic Survivor, somebody said some shit, and they're like, the... Yeah. Like there's like a bass or like a mic drop kind of moment with mm-hmm. the music and like a bunch of reaction shots. They didn't do that here and it would have been so satisfying if they did. 
Yeah, I think just because of the construction, like you don't need to draw attention to dramatic events because it has to be a snappier episode and you can just construct your episode around you know, away from that. But yeah, yeah, it, that's there, true. There wasn't it, a lot of it was stock standard. Uh, there was one like really fun musical motif that I loved hearing, which is whenever Justin takes his shirt off and there's like this like soothing beach vibe. Um, oh yeah, like the uh, like double D playing the 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 yeah the the what what is that thing called? Oh god, I know what you're talking about. Motorboard came into my head. That's not it. It's nope, uh, nope. Like a weird sitar thing. I don't know exactly what it is. Synthes. God, I know this thing. I, I don't know what it is, but it's in the show notes now. A telephone? Yeah, it's in, it will pull, we'll play some music. Another thing, uh, you know, just the musical stings for segments. In the second and third seasons, they do total drama aftermath, which is like the people who weren't in this season, to like interviewing the people as they get voted off. And there are some other hijinks like they made that work. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have the patience for more of this, at least not without you curating it for me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I, I don't want to do a filuless walkthrough of total drama no. writ large. <laughs> no, of course not. But I, 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 I did decently like this season. And I'm not through it yet, and I probably am going to finish it just because just I'm everything that I hate. I'm committed now. I'm committed to watching <laughs> the rest of the season of Survivor, even though I know it's bad TV, Zane. Oh, no. Oh, no. We've got another one. <laughs> Look at what you've done to me. I hate it. I do like the theme song. I, I will say that. I, I, I have been Stockholm Syndrome by this theme song. I listen to it every time. It's really catchy. It's, uh, it's so energetic. I love watching all the little, like, two or three second character vignettes. Oh, it does the Bacano thing where, like, we know you don't remember all of them. Mm -hmm. Here's a chance to re-engage with their archetypes, and they're going to archetype at you for the space of two and a half frames. Yep. That's all I need. That's that. That's all they have. <laughs> that, that's all, Zane, that's all they have to give. Ben, it's okay. Like, you just like you can listen to your favorite song on repeat again and again and again, you can hear a good joke told again and again it yep, seems. same idea i will say that the the joke of the song is just i want to be famous like they don't want money that's not the point no yeah that's it's never why it. you no Extremely one signs up for survivor to win money that's that's not what you're doing you you say you do and they do a very emotional like oh yeah you know i grew up and this was hard and they like have glossy photos that they're showing you of the hard times if if i can if i can win this contest man my sister's eyesight <laughs> my Boy, sister howdy. serenity my sister serenity is gonna get her eyesight back i got, I got in hot water with the media for saying black eyes white dragon or whatever <laughs> Red eyes, black, dragon. <laughs> black eyes white dragon you know whatever it was <laughs> okay now i'm thinking of the cast of Yu-Gi-Oh in total drama island ben, is that bad that's what the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh was it's it it was survivor <laughs> yeah that's true that's why it was so good <laughs> It's just Yugi and Joey were just voting out all the Rex, Rex, Rex and millions and the and the Weeble Weeble bottom feeder idiots. Yeah. I've made a deck entirely out of dinosaurs. It will never go extinct. All right. <laughs> Interesting. You had your two seconds. Oh, dude the the character who, the guy who gets voted out first in in uh, Total Drama Ezekiel. So oh, yeah, like, the homeschooled guy? The homeschooled guy who nobody likes. She's like, ben, I'm a big old sexist. Nobody ever likes this character, and they do so much with it. Um, 
That's great. He comes back as like a rat king, like a, a leader of the mutated hamsters. Um, but the oh, but the thing that happens is at the end of the first season, they do like a like, hey, we were all at this resort after we got voted out waiting for the end of the season, because otherwise, like people will figure out the boot order based on when we come home. Uh, and they're all just chilling, you know, by the pool. And he's got this big, like, gold chains with a big Z on in front of it. And he's talking in slang. And he's like, yo, I'm famous now. Check it out. <laughs> like, God, we all hate this guy. Yeah, like, this is clearly what would happen to the guy who got lost first from Survivor. It's it's been the little things, the things that I wouldn't even know to put into words that copied Survivor on this were so well observed and held they could have done it by accident. Can I ask you this, Zane? Yeah. Is part of your enjoyment for this just because you feel very well taken care of? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Do you think that, like, without that aspect, you'd still like the show? Um, Yeah, I think I would have to change my consumption of it. So, like, because it was very easy background watching, I was able to get away with them saying, like, Oh, like every time something bad happened, they're like, oh, this bad thing happened to me because I got a curse put on me because I took this idol from this island that I shouldn't have. They'll say it yeah, every that, time. I don't need to have watched that episode. I don't need to. Have they also just to all assume that that it's real. Yeah. Even though it's something <laughs> that the Jeff said. So, like, <laughs> there's no reason it should be real. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, taking, I'm taking care of is a good way to put it because, like. They tell me what I need to know at the moment. If a yeah. character if a character is acting outside of their archetype, you know, for, for a character progression moment or just to make a point, everyone's yeah. going to bring attention to it. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's, that, that is going to be A1 steak sauce. The reason they get voted off is because yeah. they're 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 acting out or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and like the people they keep on later tend to be pretty watchable. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think that this is an interesting part like an interesting reflection of that weird parasocial relationship that people mm. have with reality shows because as you're watching this you don't even have the premise of there are real people on the other side of this who i'm kind of engaging with yeah but that's that's what we deal with every day as watching cartoons like mm -hmm. i have legitimate real feelings toward the characters of Bob from Bob's Burgers, to just name a random example. Like, like I have, I have empathy for people who don't actually exist all the time. Uh huh. You know, th this isn't new. Mm -hmm. It's just it's presented in a way wherein you think it might be new because it's aping a thing that actually does have that parasocial relationship. I don't know. I I find it interesting in kind of like a dissect it with a microscope kind of way sure and then also i weirdly enjoyed it and i don't know how to i can't i don't know how to deal with these feelings Zane. yeah yeah i feel the same way when i pass by a reality tv show and i'm like i'm watching this i i haven't moved in 10 minutes i'm still standing i'm still like walking on my way to somewhere the the fridge door is open but like i can't really look away <laughs> there was um this is this is a tangent but we're all done with saying important things anyway <laughs> Uh, in, a, in college one time, my buddy was watching Bleach, mm -hmm. which is a bad show. Uh, it's one of the big three for those anime shows, nerds out there. Along with Drawn Together. Yep. And those are the I'm going to say Generator X. That's probably an anime. So, <laughs> so, uh, I was watching him watching Bleach basically. And oh, I was yeah. kind of criticizing it. I was like, why are you watching this? This is so dumb. 
And then like three minutes go by, I find that I'm sitting down and the next thing that passes my lips is, why do I have an erection? (laughs) (laughs) And and he just kind of looks at me and raises an eyebrow like, yeah, that's what it does, man. Yeah, man. It draws you in. Um, Yeah. Were there any standout uh, characters or episodes or things like, because I know that there were definitely bad times that did have that slow start. Uh, For me, the talent show is kind of when I started being like, hey, I actually remember most of these characters' deals and they're doing neat things. I'm I'm kind of enjoying this. I really like that one. I really like the, the romances that happen. Yeah. The, um, the punk criminal with the prissy... Duncan and Courtney. Prissy girl. Yeah. yeah not, not... Is Courtney her name? Courtney. She used to be a CIT. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. That one I really enjoyed, mainly because it reminded me of um, The Breakfast Club. Sure, yeah, and that, I think they and were that, going for and that. And that romance that could never possibly exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. But this isn't the real world. It's a teen, and it's on a reality show, and it's in a cartoon. <laughs> so I, I got a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I weirdly had a lot of fondness for the Lashana and... Uh, and Harold. And, and Harold romance. Yeah, they sold that, that it. Very cute to be. Sexy teens making out, man. I actually love the character of uh, Duncan. I really like how he and, and some other characters in other seasons like brought their... Like, because as far as character archetypes go, party guy doesn't do a lot, but mm-hmm. juvenile delinquent could mean so many things, and you can bring so many things. Where like, oh, you have to assemble your own uh, bicycle for this uh, challenge and then race it, and it's like, yeah, he, I could definitely see him being good at that, or like, yeah, or and like, it's the same thing that you do with any kind of cartoon or any reality TV thing, which is like you are doing the lion's share of the drama. You, the watcher, yes. you are imposing on these shapes and colors, motivations and personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and all they need to do is be like large enough and de- deep enough vessels for you to be able to do that consistently and to your own satisfaction. So this this juvenile delinquent, well, checking a lot of those boxes if you decide to care uh when watching the show the show will give you reasons to care yeah but the, you the do show have will, to decide the show, yes you do the show <laughs> meets you where you are is, is kind of where i think of it mm-hmm. yeah um, which is which is what you want in a show that's designed to meet mass appeal right definitely did you have any uh characters you you gravitated toward yeah, I mean, like like I said, I like Duncan and the romance between him and Courtney. Um, I like the I, Napoleon Dynamite, which I now can't think of as not Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, I actually like Noah a lot. Um, he was voted out very early in the first season, but in later episodes, he kind of developed as a sarcastic, like, very witty guy. Oh, the uh, the, the internet atheist? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I remember him. I don't think that came up. Did that come up? It's just the archetype. It's just yeah. like the the holier than thou. I have the biggest words and I have the smartest voice. Yeah, kind of kind of affect. He again he, very well observed. He was one of the few returning players who uh, was in the Redonculus race. He uh, he and Owen had like a they teamed up, and I thought they had a really good dynamic. Um, but yeah, uh, well, because Owen Owen's just kind of a party boy. Owen's Owen's there to have fun. Yeah. I yeah. liked Heather a lot in the third season when we found a bigger asshole to root against. And she was mm. like, guys, he's clearly evil. And everyone was like, yeah, you would say that. It, it was kind of like the uh, the the second season of Str- Stranger Things. Yeah. Where like, 
All right, Steve, Steve's kind of a shithead, but he also fought some zombies with a baseball bat, and so you know now now we're now we're aces. But yeah, um, Chris, you know the 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 host, Chris, really adds the energy to episodes that otherwise wouldn't have it, and takes episodes that do have it over the top. I like the um the fake disclaimer at the top of the episode oh, as well. Which, the one where he's like talking through it. Yeah, the one where he's like. Don't do this. It'll seriously mess you up. <laughs> um, I liked the recaps, like the episode recaps where they says, "Oh what yeah, those last are because sometimes those are great." So, and sometimes, sometimes they're, they're new just, material, and sometimes they're just the facts. And a lot of the time, it's just like he had a thing floating around in his head, and he wanted a lot of chances to say it. So mm-hmm. we're gonna get treated to an extended version of whatever he was thinking about that morning. And he's very transparent about when he hates people, and <laughs> he's like yelling at the help uh one thing that i found very funny about the uh tribal council uh parodies they start off by calling it invinci- invincibility instead of immunity eventually they start calling it immunity or using the terms interchangeably and i don't think ever anybody ever like draws attention to that fact i think that's just for me where they like just decided we don't care about the facade <laughs> yeah <laughs> whenever they don't care about the facade i'm always pretty taken with it yeah uh yeah no i uh, total drama island i uh there is a lot here for me specifically and, and your for mileage me, may vary for me whom is not here for the specifically it is a reluctant pass and i don't <laughs> know why it's a pass it should be a fail if you mm-hmm. if you put it on a in a rubric and like went through all of the different kind of sections that we do our podcast in it fails on almost every single one yeah and it's it's vexing to me and that yet, i enjoyed it i think i think the vocal performances carry a lot because that explains why it's good in the moment and uh and it's hard to enjoy on recollection that's really true yeah no i i will say like they all sound very appropriate for their mm-hmm. archetype which i guess is not like a huge sell but like it it makes a world of difference when you're in it I also uh, neglected to mention, so this was made in Flash, and it uh, it really helps with both consistent character modeling, but also, which is useful for this many characters and this many archetypes, but also made their them, like, bounce and pop a lot. Like, there was a lot of, uh, it wasn't, like, fast or kinetic motion, it was just, hey, we're moving around a lot the way that, like, on TV, people move around without reason because you're filming them 24 hours a day (laughs) it does it does help for the multiple character models needing to all move in concert sort of thing Mm. like that that's a harder thing to do with uh different forms of animation but i guess it worked pretty good here can i share a random joke that i enjoyed from this it is i don't remember exactly what was going on the guy with the cowboy hat got launched into a pile of dirty socks that's jeff uh and then, then, then Ron McLean, whatever his name is, Shane, Shane, the main brain McLean. Uh, that's an Aqua Teen reference, by the way. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's like, I just I want to get a a play by play of that because like yeah. there was an image of him soaring through the air with his pants off, which should be a good thing to like you know Slow-mo. look at it frame by frame, <laughs> and then he goes back and does like the Cusco thing. From Emperor's <laughs> New Groove. By the way, we have to do Emperor's New Groove at some Forgot point. Forgot about that, yeah. Um, and he's like, now look at this. And he just circles him and he's like, 
I don't know what is going on. And meanwhile, Jeff is <laughs> soaring through the background. And he's like, I don't know what's going on with this. Uh, hair and makeup are all over the place. Well, uh, he circles it, his own face. Yeah, he, lo- he circles his own face and he's just like, it looks like I just got out of bed, guys. <laughs> And for but the, the delivery of it, just the deadpan God, is very the, funny. The idea of a reality show host with a huge cast who is focusing on himself is very That's funny. So good, yeah. <laughs> and they get so much mileage out of it. We're in like later seasons he has a jetpack and he just flies yeah. around to judge them from on high. <laughs> That's really good. It it reminds me a little bit of uh, Taskmaster, where like Yes, you're all contestants and you are ostensibly what the show's about, but I am in a position of power over you and you must do my bidding. But it's it's the opposite of Taskmaster <laughs> because everyone on Taskmaster recognizes that it's a facade. Uh-huh. And in Total Drama Island, the facade does not exist. Like, it's an actual power dynamic with real-world consequences. <laughs> uh, yeah. Zane, thank you for bringing me this terrible show that I enjoyed. Yep, I'm glad to, glad to help. Um, ben, I, would it surprise you to know that there are more on the way? No. Right. I think we actually re- talked about that earlier oh, in the episode. Oh, good. Let's roll There's the more clip. There's more on the way. It's, let's roll the clip. Uh, Zane, ask me what we're doing next. Hey, Ben, what's, uh, what's going on next with you? Uh, Zane, seems like we're muzzing. No, I don't think we are. Really? Yeah, that's what's happening next. <laughs> oh, it's probably probably a little bush then. So we didn't announce that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So oops. Sometime in the next couple episodes, we're doing X Men Evolution, and we're doing Little Bush. Ones with Josh, ones with Dan. Uh, I forgot about X Men Evolution right now. But yeah, well, Ben, there's a reason for that. <laughs> forgot about it. But uh, yeah, so we're watching some stuff. The, you listen to the Carton Cast. That's the show. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we ran out yeah, of budget. You, I don't know. <laughs> if you want to write into the show about X Men Evolutions or Little Bush or apparently Muzzin, uh, go to Apple Podcast. Nope, go to CartonCast at fancybat.com slash CartonCast and leave a comment on the contact page. You can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcast. It really helps us out and it validates our existence and will make us famous. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Little Bush, also a relic of its time that, uh, you know, I, I think is not as uh, <clears throat> eternal as Survivor is. Yeah, no, grooming habits have become a lot more precise since not those really. days. Not really the issue. No good? No, I don't know what that means. Oh, oh okay. God. Yes, I do know what that means. Yeah, you wish you didn't, though. Uh, Backpedal, different outro, different outro. Let, let's let's do the outro music from uh, Double D playing that uh, interminable instrument we can't I gotta name. remember what that is. What does Double D play? Pedal steel guitar. That's interesting. It has its own page in the Ed fandom. (laughs) Ed.fandom.com slash wiki slash pedal steel guitar. Can't believe this is the first time we're linking to that. (laughs) 